Here's your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. And now it's time for our reading in the New Testament. And our scripture today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 13 through 30. We'll read here today that the disciples must have forgotten what Jesus had said about children. Jesus wanted little children to come to him because he loves them and because they have a guileless trust in God. The receptiveness of little children was a great contrast to the stubbornness of the religious leaders who let their education and sophistication stand in the way of the simple faith needed to believe in Jesus. To this man seeking assurance of eternal life that we'll read about here today, Jesus pointed out that salvation does not come from good deeds. Unaccompanied by love for God, the man needed a whole new starting point. Now Jesus turned the world's values upside down. Consider the most powerful or well-known people in our world. How many got where they are by being humble, self-effacing, and gentle? (laughs) Not many. But in the life to come, the last will be first. Hey, don't forfeit eternal rewards or temporary benefits. Be willing to make sacrifices now for greater rewards later. Be willing to accept human disapproval while knowing that you have God's approval. And with that, let's begin our reading here today in the New Testament. January 29th, the New Testament, Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 30. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Someone came to Jesus with this question, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? the man asked. And Jesus replied, You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God everything is possible. Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses, or brothers or sisters, or father or mother, or children or property, for my sake, 
will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 10. Because the earth is the Lord's, all of us are stewards or caretakers, and we should be committed to the proper management of this world and its resources. We are not to become devoted to anything created or act as sole proprietors, however, because this world will pass away. This psalm that we're reading here today may have been written to celebrate moving the Ark of the Covenant from Obed-Edom's house to Jerusalem. Tradition says that this psalm was sung on the first day of each week in the temple services. Now, in verse 4, we see that uh, this refers to all lies, especially uh, those told under oath. How greatly God values honesty. Dishonesty comes easily, especially when complete truthfulness could cost us something. And as we get further into this Bible reading today in Psalm, we'll uh, discover something about the King of Glory. Who is this King of Glory? Well, the King of Glory, identified here also as the Lord of Heaven's armies, is the Messiah Himself, eternal, holy, and mighty. This Psalm is not only a battle cry for the church, but it also looks forward to Christ's future entry into the new Jerusalem to reign forever. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 10, the Psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Interlude Open up, ancient gates. Open up, ancient doors. And let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up, ancient gates. Open up, ancient doors. And let the King of glory enter. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of Glory. Interlude. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. My child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt, or agree to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net.
just begin to lift up your heart. Lift up your passion. Let him hear your cry tonight. God, come dwell inside of us. Come burn in every part of us, Father. Our heart is yours, God. Our heart is yours. Lift your voices. Our heart is yours, Lord. Our heart is yours, God. We desire you, Lord. We hunger for you, God. We hunger for you, God. Devotion. Today's scripture reading is Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the rivers. Remember the truth that God owns it all? 
When believers have a firm grasp of this concept and regularly apply it to our thinking and handling of money, we've begun to view prosperity from God's perspective. If we realize that everything we see in our world is His, then we'll understand that we literally own nothing. We're merely stewards handling the wealth of our Heavenly Father. As money managers, we must acknowledge that we do not have the right to dictate how it is to be spent or invested. Only God does. He is in control, and He gets the final word in the matter. The second of God's principles regarding prosperity is that God wants His resources used in a way that glorifies Him. Not only does He own it all and have the right to tell us how to manage it, but He also expects us to obey. Our obedience in money matters brings Him glory. The Lord wants us to keep this in mind as we put His resources into circulation to accomplish His work, to meet basic needs, and to provide enjoyment. So, for the new year, ask God these three questions. 1. How much do you want me to designate for your work? 2. What proportion should go to meet my basic needs and the needs of others? And 3. How much do you want me to set aside for recreational pursuits? When we accept that God owns it all, that we are His money managers and our resources are to be used to glorify Him, then we'll be satisfied with His choices for how to use the money we have. How satisfied are you? There's a light I still see it. 
The Lored Business Network, in association with the Refuge Ministries, presents one of the 40 principles of the Foundation for Achievement. John, this next principle is so important, and it's based upon Proverbs 2, verse 6. For the Lord grants wisdom. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. And this principle is understanding people. That's going to be valuable to us, huh? Oh, value to a person's first, it's value to yourself. Then it's value in managing others and everything. And it becomes wisdom. It, uh -huh. it really becomes managing people through wisdom. Okay, reading our principle. Why should I want to understand people? That's a good question. There are many reasons, but let us look at a few of the important ones. Number one, it will save us from a lot of conflicts. Number two, we will be able to lead and motivate people. And number three, it will give us a forgiving heart. It's interesting to me that forgiveness would be part of uh, this. Oh, yes, because uh, when you understand a person, you don't judge a person because you understand maybe you've been there before or you understand why he's going through and why he is what he is. You, so, so you take a whole different view of that person, mm -hmm. and uh, that becomes really tolerance. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later on, what tolerance really is. But uh, that's very, very critical in business management, uh, family relationships, or anything. Okay. The wise man Solomon talked much about certain types of people, the fools, mockers, rebels, the lazy, and others. He was wise because he understood them and knew how to deal with them. He experienced great fame and success by understanding them. They called that wisdom. If we do not understand mockers and rebels, we will have a lot of unnecessary conflicts with them and then develop a bad attitude toward them, which will in turn hurt us more than it will hurt them. Boy, I've seen that in my life. Oh, yes, because conflict, we talked about conflicts here. Uh, uh, most of the conflicts are because of misunderstandings or not understanding each other. Maybe it's not just a misunderstanding, but but you you don't understand where the person is and what where he's in life. And when you understand that, then you can avoid a lot of conflicts. I personally believe that most conflicts are uncalled for. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. It's it's just because we have difference of opinions and we don't know how to resolve them or how to work with them, but understanding is really the key. It turns into wisdom. As people in business, we need to understand our employees in order to motivate them, or we will have poor production and that will put us out of business. We also need to understand our customers. We need to understand what they want and why they want it. Without understanding them and their needs, we may be serving them but not satisfying them. Sometimes all they want is to be appreciated or recognized. Well, I've seen that in the restaurant business, John, when you remember a name or something like that, that customers have a basic need, and when you understand that, it makes you a success. That's right. We'll get into the four human needs here, but uh, but that's really true, that sometimes you think that you're really servicing somebody well, but you are really missing it. Uh -huh. And you know, It's because you don't pick up the vibrations, you don't pick up the attitude of the person that you're dealing with. And uh, so that's a skill. It, it's something that you can learn, and if, but you have to be focused on something in order to catch that. Now, this next section is profound, Johnny. I've seen you uh, change nations with this understanding. Every one of us has at least four basic needs. Number one, to be loved and appreciated. Number two, to experience a sense of achievement or self-worth. Number three, to have a sense of belonging. And number four, to feel financially secure. Uh, that's right. Uh, a lot of times, uh, from a Christian uh, worldview, 
sometimes we try to crucify the flesh, and we we uh, we have a problem with anything that is flesh. Uh, but we are made flesh, and uh, we're made flesh and spirit. And so sometimes we throw out uh, things that belong to the human nature, belong to us, that are part of God-given things, and we have to be careful because we would brand some of these things pride. Uh, to be loved and appreciated. Even God loves to be huh. appreciated, and he, he wants recognition on that. And experience a self, uh, uh, a sense of, uh, uh, achievement or self-worth. Even God himself with it, when he created, uh, the things, uh, he looked back and he said, oh, I like that. Man, I like that. So, so he, he had a sense of achievement. He made something and then he stood back and looked at it and, and he complimented himself and said, like, hey, that's good. So, so those are those are human needs. They're they're not, they're not a part of the flesh. But we would pronounce them sometimes, saying like we would try to crucify that in us, and uh, that becomes wrong because uh, that takes the motivation out. We should keep these in mind whenever we deal with people, regardless of the situation. Business management consists of motivating people in service to others. It's pretty hard to manage and motivate our people if we don't understand their personal needs. We need to understand their strengths and their weaknesses and place them accordingly. A good team is made up of a variety of people with a variety of gifts. The weakness in one should be covered by the strength of another. Out of the Lord's mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And if we sincerely seek Him to gain wisdom, He will give it. God says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we understand why people do what they do and why they are what they are, we will know how to direct them and to get the proper response. What a key that is to leadership. That is absolutely not just leadership. That That is good business common sense, too. Saying, like, to understand the weakness of one to cover the strengths of another. That's a skill. That takes insight. That, that takes an understanding of people. But success is largely based upon that. Uh, we we uh, hear a lot in the world right now about tolerance. In fact, uh, some people have taken this uh, uh-huh. principle here and they've, they've called it tolerance from the world which I believe in tolerance but tolerance is the way that tolerance is taught from the world view is is that uh, it's more of a dualism or pluralism which means that you be what you are and I be what I am and saying like and don't mess with me or I don't mess with you we don't even discuss it I'm supposed to live side by side with you and I'm supposed to tolerate you that's not tolerance That that's that's pluralism Tolerance means that I tell you what I believe, you tell me what you believe, and we argue the situation. And then the differences are understood, and then we have parameters that we know. Then I know how to get along with you, and you know how to get along with me. Now we know each other. Uh We know what our strengths and our weaknesses are. And now we can work side by side, even though we have difference of opinion. That's tolerance. Pluralism or, or dualism means that that you don't get into those issues and I'm just expected to ignore you, what you are. No, I have to be able to express my views. And uh, that that's a difference. Now, it's interesting here how we place people based upon their strengths and weaknesses. You actually would align a team based upon this person's strength covering that person's mm-hmm. weakness. That's true. You do it in sports. You do it all the time. You make a first baseman, you know, you take a second baseman or pitcher. You look at the strengths, and the team then wins, not the individual. Uh-huh. The individual wins in his position, but the team wins as a whole. And business is no different than that. That That's just the way life is. Even families and stuff like that. But it's a whole structure of a society needs to be understood there. And when we, when we try to teach equality and equal, you can't do that because people are not equal. 
uh, equal opportunity is different, but but some people will excel in certain places and others will not. You mm-hmm. can't you can't just deal with equality. You you got to deal with what the gifts of the people are and the strength of the people are and the growth of the people and understand that and then place them. That is what makes success. I can see how that uh, makes us able to lead and motivate others. The next paragraph says, A good understanding will also give us a forgiving attitude. Jesus understood his accusers. That's why he could say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What an attitude. Forgiveness comes easily because he understood their ignorance or why they did what they did. We too can forgive easily if we understand ourselves and our situation. Generally, people want to be nice and good, but situations and pressures of life push them past their hope or dreams. Boy, I see that, John, that a lot of times if um, if if we don't see hope or we can't see the dream any longer, um, that brings a, a an attitude that really it takes a good leader of understanding to get a person out of. That's right, because you, you can destroy people by trying to put them into a mold that they don't belong and that's so unfair. That's uh, you know we get we give kids these blocks, all different shaped blocks, when they're little kitties, you know, mm-hmm. and to try to get them to understand that this block fits into this hole and this block fits in different. They're all different design, and so we try to teach little kids how to do that. But then when we grow up, we forget that that's a principle that is very important. That people have different shapes and forms, and they are different, and they fit in different blocks. They fit in different holes. And the key to success or the key to understanding or the key to life, the simplicity of life, is to be able to understand that, that we are not all the same, that we are different. and But everybody has a good place. Everybody's got a hole to fit in. Uh-huh. I mean, you've got to understand that. So nobody is without, nobody is without a place to, to, to fit. And so we've got to find that place. And some organizations saying like they want they want equality, saying like they want to just put everybody in a mold and saying like this is who you are and this is what you are and this is what you're going to be, and that that becomes destructive and be dissatisfying and no society will live under that forever. That's communism, right. communism primarily primarily yeah. did that. Yeah. Um, this next section is so profound because I've I've seen you function with this. Uh, many times people feel bad immediately after they have reacted. This gives us an opportunity to speak a word of wisdom to them. The time to build people is when they are down. They will not listen to us when they are up. Is that true? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, just, it's just natural. In other words, when a person is down, they're looking for something. When they're up, they're, they're arrogant. You know? <laughs> sure. They, know, they say, I know the way. Don't, don't tell me what to do. Wow. You know? But when they're down, they say, help me. Some, some, you know, when you're out, fell off of the boat, you know, you're, help, you're asking for help. But... Uh, when they're driving the boat and stuff like that, you can't give them advice, you know. Uh, but so that's the principle. That's true. And, and when we see that and understand that in people, then we watch for the opportunity to help people. Yeah, it says uh, they feel bad immediately after they have reacted. If yeah. you don't speak into that, yeah. then they'll just continue feeling bad and you'll just continue yeah. feeling yeah. bad. But you have to speak into it. We need to commit ourselves to the task of understanding people. God will bless and reward us with a forgiving heart and will give us peace and happiness in a world that is full of frustration and conflict. What oh, a need for that today. That is, that is so absolutely true. I personally believe that, that life is not all that difficult. And I've had parts of my life that were very difficult. I mean, I've, I've, I know what it is to live a difficult life, but uh, I've also uh, learned to enjoy life and uh, be able to try to understand people. And it has simplified life. And now I say, you know, life is pretty simple, you know. And people have a hard time understanding that because they think it's difficult. 
But I believe that life is satisfying, life is simple, but you got to understand what tolerance is, you got to understand what dualism is, you understand what understanding people is, and when you do that, it softens life, and uh-huh. you can go through and have great achievements, you can do great things, and your world becomes broader and broader and broader. Uh, not not away from the narrow way, but broader in your thinking and understanding people, and then your world can is, is more than just a, a little your little enclosed circle. Uh, you can function in in a society and be effective in a society. John, the key to understanding people is really a PowerPoint to dynamic living. Can you give us a summary of what it takes to really make that work in our lives? Yes. uh, First of all, you cannot be a good leader without understanding people. That's a must. You can't be a leader. You might be a driver, but not a leader. A leader leads, and so he has to understand who he's leading and what he's leading. Because God has given us a mind, everyone that's given us a mind of our own and so uh, every person has to be established and every person might be different so in order to lead them you have to understand where they are in life and what has happened to them such things as what's their temperament that's critical to understand what a person's temperament is if you want to be a leader and also what is their giftedness these are God endowed giftedness and things that come from God then with that giftedness, then then we turn on what you call motivation. We have motivational things that happen to us, that we have certain motivations. We have to understand that. Uh, that We call it the hot button. What's the person's hot button? That's not a gift from God. That's established by the person through the mind. And then also we have to find out what their sacred cows are. Everybody has sacred cows in their life. So you want to, don't want to touch them. Be careful how you handle them. And it's all a part of understanding people. And if you do those four things you will become a good leader. But without that, you have a hard time being a good leader. Careless I am reckless I'm a wrong way Traveling slowly Unraveling shell of a man Burn out I'm so
I'm trying so hard to stop trying so hard. Just let you be who you are, Lord, who you are in me, Jesus. I'm trying so hard to stop trying so hard. Just let you be who you are. podcast thanks for listening and make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of transformation radio